share with us for this morning? Uh, for those of you who were here last night, you recognize this young-looking gentleman. <laughs> he was pastor here before Bob Fleming. That's right. And so uh, he shared uh, a little bit about uh, what was happening in these years here. And it was amazing how similar what you talked about is what's happening here, how God's, those themes came going through. And so I wanted to honor him and Kathy, but first I would like, he, he, he was the pastor who was here when you got, you were responsible really for the changing of our name from Second Markham Baptist Church That's right. to Springdale. Right. So Tom, I asked Tom, or I, Tom said, hey, uh, I, this is an interesting story, and I said, well, you got to tell our people. And so, Tom, uh, right. let us know. Thank you, Ed. In 1975, and I mentioned last night two key things that God really used to bless the church and bring some growth, and that was that people were so willing to take a risk, and secondly, they were willing to reach out. And part of the reach out was inviting children and families to our summer ministry of backyard Bible clubs. We started with one in 1975, and it progressed over the next two, three years to have 10 host homes, and the folks were inviting their neighbors, and God really used that, and many families eventually made their way into the church. And then I was going doing some door-to-door -door inviting, introducing myself and the church to people throughout these side roads all around, and... Uh, but I ran into a problem early on. I'd go and introduce myself and say, I'm the pastor at Second Markham Baptist Church of Stovall. And um, I'd hand him a church card invite and then try to explain, well, actually, there is no first Markham Baptist <laughs> and, there's, and we're in Stovall, not Markham. So that is really awkward. And uh, so I went to the deacons and I said, this isn't working very well. And thankfully, they were willing to make a change. And ministry is often about change, right? So um, we formed a little committee or team to review names and had suggestions given by, the, given by the congregation. We got a number of suggestions. But almost immediately, the name Springvale. Springvale stood out, and we just gravitated to that name and it was suggested because we got the hills up here to the north. We're kind of in a veil. There's something about that in the wonderful brochure, too, about the 175th anniversary. And uh, it, it, a lot of spring-fed ponds and all around, so spring veil. And then I had to put in a spiritual application. Jesus said to the woman at the well, if you drink of the water I give you, you'll never thirst. It'll be like a, a well of water springing up into eternal life. So it had a spiritual impact too. But, and then um, the church voted. After all, we're a Baptist church, right? And uh, I think it was unanimous, if I recall. If it wasn't, I just choose to forget that part. But um, to Nobody Spring, here to argue with you anyway, so. <laughs> right, Springvale. Now, and we did not reveal the individual who had suggested the name until the church voted to accept it. And here's the... The wonderful thing is that Bob Whitehead suggested the name. He was, he was, I believe, the most senior member of the church, the most elderly gentleman in the church. And, uh, and yet the middle-aged, the younger people love the name Springvale from one of our most elderly people. And I love God's sense of humor. 
because literally it was Bob Whitehead. <laughs> Isn't that great? And that's how the name change came about. And it was all about because of the need to reach out and communicate effectively what this church is and, and maybe where it is. Yeah. All right? So, and I don't, one more thing. I was so encouraged last night because Ed was telling me that he too has been doing some door-to-door -door invite and try to share the gospel throughout the area. So that just really blessed me too. Um, thank you. God bless you. Yeah, thanks, right. Bob. Just or Tom, just stay here for a sec. So uh, we have a, a habit here of honoring those who have served faithfully and who have given much uh, and taken on leadership. And so Tom and his wife, Kathy, are former uh, pastors here. So we're going to stand up. And then on the count of three, we're going to say, we honor you. And then we're going to clap in thankfulness for what we enjoy from their ministry and the people around them at that time. Tom and Kathy really represent that era. It wasn't just them that did everything. Just like no now, way. it's not the pastor, staff, and the staff right. that do everything. And so we're going to, on the count of three, we honor you and clap and thank God for him providing these gifts to us. Okay, ready? One, two, three. We honor you. Woo! Thank you. God bless you. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Tom. Okay, you can be seated. Um, so uh, I, I get to start with this. And there are... Uh, there's one white balloon, and there's seven, I think one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's seven gold balloons, and they represent individuals who have chosen to receive Christ this year starting in September. So the white represents somebody that chose Christ previous to the, this week, and the seven represent seven people that chose to receive Christ this week. And now let me tell you a story about that. And so we have a program called Jammers, and Jammers teaches kids basketball. Most, the highest percentage of children and their families in Jammers is not from our church. And so Mike Ewis went, they asked him to come and clearly share the gospel, which he did on Wednesday night. And then he said, if you want to receive Jesus as your Savior, then just come forward. And seven, really, junior high, young adults, uh, junior high, five and six age group, stood up and came forward. And so seven people received Jesus Christ because the gospel was preached to them. And we were running Jammers program. And people were helping out in Jammers, being coaches, organizing, cleaning up, caring. That whole team has been responsible for seeing seven kids trust Jesus Christ this week. And we should celebrate that, don't you think? Yeah. And Tom, this, was the, this, is the con this is the continuation of the vision that you had when you were here to see uh, men and women, boys and girls, trust Jesus as their Savior. Now, how many of you wish, would love it, if the, one of these balloons represented your child? Yeah, wouldn't you think, wouldn't that? Or your grandchild, or your niece, or your nephew. 
because you or their family were bringing them here and they came to a program where they were learning basketball but in fact meant Jesus. Or maybe it's not a child. Maybe it's your adult child that you're praying for that you go, oh, I would love it if a balloon with their name on it someday was floating at Springville. Or maybe it's a parent that you pray for, a spouse that for years you've been praying for. Could be uh, a sibling, a brother or sister. It could be somebody you play golf with, somebody who cuts your hair, somebody who you work with, you go in every day, and they're there, and you kind of have a relationship, not kind of, you do have a relationship with them. Maybe it's a neighbor on your street that you pray for, and you go, I would love it if someday there was a balloon there for them. That's my prayer. So I want to talk to you about that. Last night, we celebrated... 175 years of God doing this kind of work for his honor and his glory at Springvale. And we're done talking about the last 70, 175 years. Now we want to talk about the next 175 years. Now, I don't think any of us are going to be here for the next 175 years because maybe Jesus will come back. But even if he doesn't, I doubt any of us are going to last that long. We have a time that we're part of what God is doing here in Springvale. And the verse that they used to celebrate the past 175 years was, uh, is a Philippians 1 verse 6, which is being confident of this, that he, Jesus, who began a good work in you, both you as an individual and you corporately as a church, who began that good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Jesus will keep working and fulfilling in you as a person, in you as a family, and you as a church, his purposes and his will until the day comes when he returns. Jesus is at work. Now, our, uh, in 2018, our elders really felt that we needed to clarify uh, what, what that looked like for us as church. And I stood up, to, stood up and uh, shared with you our vision. And our vision was this. Doubling our impact, becoming a church of a thousand by um, 2025. Now, let's just be honest. Let's just have a time honestly. Let's just set aside the sermon for a second. Like, this really didn't inspire you. You don't need to feel bad about it. Kind of doesn't inspire me either. But it, 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 I don't know if it was the doubling our impact. I had people go, what does that mean? So clearly we didn't do a great job communicating to you what doubling our impact meant. And why are you focusing on a number? Like, I, I just don't really feel comfortable talking about being a church of a thousand. Is that all you want to do, is be a church of a thousand? Is that your goal, to turn us into a church of a thousand? That just doesn't feel right. And then who said 2025? Like, can you put time limits on God? And so... I got to take full responsibility for not communicating this vision because that really doesn't say the heart 
that the elders had in 2018. It talks about what we thought might result if we were to pursue the essence of what we believe God was calling us to do. So I want to take some time over the next several years to keep talking about what we believe God is calling us to pursue, to have the faith to step out. Last night, um, Pastor Tom got up and shared, and he said, you know, I have seven years, I think seven years of ministry. He goes, I can't summarize that in a few minutes, but two things I can say is we were willing to reach out and we were willing to risk. And I thought, reach and risk, that's the same call God is calling to us today. What was happening in 1975 is the same thing, only different, happening today. That God is calling us to reach out and to risk. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, we in 2018 brought in the Feb uh, consultation team. Feb is our denomination, Fellowship of Evangelical Baptist Churches. They have a team that comes in and assesses the health of the church. We wanted to grow, so we brought them in. They came in and they gave an assessment. Now, I'm not a lawn weenie. I just hope you know. I just, just understand that right up front. I'm not a lawn weenie. But I do like a, a lawn that looks okay. And so every once in a while in my lawn, I'll get these brown spots. And if I don't give attention to them, guess what? They continue to grow. The grass dies, weeds spring up, and, and, and the brown spot keeps growing and growing and growing. And so I give it a little bit of attention, a little focus more than the rest of the lawn. Now, I'm still taking care of the rest of my lawn. It's not like I forget everything else. It's just I give some extra attention to those brown spots. I'll uh, put some, I'll top dress them. I'll pull the weeds, I'll top dress them, and then I'll put some seed down and some fertilizer, make sure it gets lots of water. And then soon, over time, that brown spot disappears as new grass grows up, and I'm back to a healthy lawn. So when the cons consult team came, they said, you have so much good going on in this church. You guys should be uh, thankful to God every Sunday because you've got unique stuff and great stuff and God is moving. And you got great people at that church. And I said, yes, that's obvious if you've been here for any time. There are a lot of great people at this church. But they said, you do have a few brown spots that you need to fix. You still need to run the whole ministry. But you, you need to give these some attention. So here was the first brown spot. This is a quote right out of their consult. If I could see that quote, please. This is a quote right out of the uh, consult. If I, if I could just see that quote. Apparently, we don't have that quote. So... Now I've got to summarize it because I didn't memorize it. If it pops up, somebody say something because it doesn't always go on both screens. So they said, uh, we're concerned for you as a church when it comes to outreach. That you have a very strong discipleship move. Thank you. Car Let's give Carla a hand. Like she's running up. and <laughs> Yeah, that's it. She's our producer for the service. She runs everything. We recommend, they said, that Springvale begin to explore immediate ways that it can take the good news of Jesus 
to the people of your region through outward-focused events, programs, and increasing awareness of each of our missional responsibilities. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to need the next quote, too. Okay, so, just, just keep it. Okay, will it turn on? So excuse us, if it shuts down, will I, I be able to, because if it's face, I'm, it's not going to recognize my face. Here, I, got, I think I have it on mine. I never even thought of this, because I'm just not smart as you. Um, sorry to interrupt you. Um, I got it right here. Thank you. Thank you, Carla. Yeah. <clears throat> sorry for the interrupt. You need to look at ways to reach out into your community, is what they were saying. You've got a great ministry going on. You love one another. People are connecting with one another. I mean, there's improvement that needs to happen there. Don't get me wrong. But you're really not addressing reaching people for Jesus. At least not that well. Big brown spot in the lawn of our ministry. So they, uh, we did two things. We hired Andrea Baber. Now, Andrea Baber has a heart for people that are far from God. And she's really smart, and she's really good at ministry. And so she came in, and over the last five years, you have seen, though you don't know it's Andrea, you have seen Andrea at work growing and develop, developing events and programs that are highly focused on the gospel. So jammers is her jam. And I talked about beautiful mess. That's Andrea. Last week I talked about Beautiful Mess, the arts program. That's Andrea. The scavenger hunt that we do, the big thing in the fall. Andrea. The family day. Andrea. The big give, the big serve. Summer, six weeks of summer camp. All of that is evangelistic, organized programming, and it's all led by Andrea. So Andrea's done a great job in the last five years, and we can see that God is blessing us through her with fruit. In fact, one of the things we focused on, Andrew wanted us to focus on, was said we need to give more money to, to organizations around us to share with them that we care. Because when you give people, when you help them in what they're passionate about, by giving them something as simple as money, you help them and breed goodwill. And so that Springvale becomes a name that cares about the community, not that church over there that nobody knows about. And in the last uh, five years, now I got this number from Joyce Johnson, our bookkeeper, so it is smack on. There, she is so good at what she does. You never doubt anything that comes from Joyce. Well, she would say you should, but it, we don't. She's never been wrong in my 12 years, 13 years here. And that is, she said, in the last five years, total, not just through big give and big serve, but total as a church, in five years, we have given away to organizations and people outside our church, in five years, $2.48 million. When you think about the impact in people's lives, because we care for them in need. I was, I was astounded. $2.48 million. Outside our budget, outside what we do here, on top of all that, to people and organizations in need. This church has reached out. Now, another thing we did, so we hired Andrea. 
Another thing we did was we start saying, you know what? The greatest resource we have to reach people with the gospel is you. You. Our programs, our events, they're great, but if you aren't light in your world, who's going to come to the programs and events? In fact, uh, I just remind you of this verse. We hear this verse a lot, but sometimes by hearing it a lot, we forget what it means for us. This is Jesus, and he says to you, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. I have the right now, after his resurrection, he said, I have the right now. I have destroyed all the powers of darkness and their hold on this world, and I have taken over the reign of the world. The Father has given it to me. I have brought back to him the nations and the people of the world. All authority is now mine. So I'm telling you, my people, my followers, go make disciples. Go and tell people of all nations that that. that they can have forgiveness of sins and new life through me and my death on the cross. And then when they receive, those that do receive, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely as you reach people and build them in their faith, I am with you. When you're doing that, you're going to see me showing up. Now, those words are for everyone who is a follower of Jesus. So if you're here and you're claimed to be a Christian, you're a follower of Jesus, then your responsibility in your life is to reach people with the gospel. Now, uh, there in our region, York region, there are somewhere around 1.2, probably a little more than that. This, the stat I got was a 2021. Let's say there's 1.2 million people in the fastest growing region or one of the fastest growing regions in Canada. So people are coming in all the time. It's hard to keep up with that number. Generously, about 5% are Christian. So that means about 60,000 people claim to be followers of Christ. So 1.2 minus 60,000 is 1.14 million people that do not follow Jesus, many of whom do not even know the name of Jesus outside being a curse word, and more and more don't even know it's a curse word. And who, if they die and leave this world, will face Eternity separated from God. 1.14 people, just in the region around us. Now, if God so blessed us that we reached just 1% of that 1.14 million, we would reach somewhere around 11 or 12,000 people. But here's the good news. You're not responsible to reach 11 or 12,000 people. That's why there's churches all over this region And Jesus said, this is what you're supposed to be doing, reaching and building. And the consult team said, you guys are doing a pretty good job on the building. you got some things you got to work up, but you're not doing a great, it's a brown spot when it comes to reaching. need to improve that. And so we began to talk to you about, do you recognize this? My four. Who is it? So so you don't have to reach 11,000, but you can reach one. And we thought, imagine if all of us 
we begin to intercede for people, praying that God would work in their life and use us to reach them. Imagine, imagine if we began to invest our lives, time, friendship, just hung out and did things together in the lives of people. And then we began to invite them into spiritual conversations. Hey, here's a question. I use it every time I get, almost every time I get in an Uber to go to the airport. I'll ask, hey, do you have any spiritual beliefs? You can't believe the conversations I get into because I ask somebody, do you have any spiritual beliefs? They love to talk about what they believe. And often I get to share Jesus. Just by inviting them into a conversation or inviting them to read the Bible or inviting them to come to an Alpha program or inviting them to come to church just by interceding and asking God to use me and then investing my life into people and then inviting them into a conversation or inviting them to join us. You can do that. You can do it. You're smart people. You can do that. Every one of us can do it. You don't have to reach 11,000, but what if everyone, and so the heart of the elders was, imagine if everybody reached just one person over the next eight years. Just if, if we you know, interceded and we invested and we invited and, and God used us in an amazing way in what he's already told us to do. Imagine, and that's where double the impact came from, is that, well, we would see our church double. If we just did our part to reach people. See, it wasn't about building a big church. That's not what our heart was. Our heart was, we're responsible. We have a consult, a consult team telling us, you guys are really, this is a brown spot. You need to dress it. And we get the opportunity to do what burdens the heart of God most. To see people embrace him and receive Christ. We get that chance. Imagine what would happen in our church. Imagine the joy you would have when we had uh, balloons coming up. Oh, it's another week. We got six more balloons, seven more balloons. Hey, this week was a big week, 15 balloons. Can you imagine? And it's like, yeah, my neighbor and the person I golf with and my husband and my wife, my kid. Imagine if over the next years that's what happened because God used you. I can't reach your family and friends. I can't. When I inv- if I knock on their door, unless God is really working in their heart, and I say, hey, would you like me to pray for you? You know what the most common answer is? No. But if you were in their kitchen, and you were talking about life, and you said, hey, can I pray for you? Do you know what the answer would be? Almost 100% of the time. Yeah, really, I'd really appreciate that. I can't get in their kitchen. You're already there. And so that's why we've been talking about my four. That's why we talk about reaching people. It's the same thing Tom was talking about in 1975 to the church. We need to reach people. That's our responsibility. As long as we're here, that's what God is calling us to do. What a great opportunity. I'd like to say we really have improved since 2018. But it's about the same now as it was then. Even though we're a larger church than we were in 2018, we're seeing about the same 
number of people putting their faith in Christ. That's an issue for prayer. I think prayer will change that. And obedience. I think as you take serious your responsibility and opportunity to begin to intercede for people and invest in their lives and then invite them into spiritual conversations or to church or to Alpha or something, we'll watch that change. Because God says, when you do that, I am there with you. When you're talking to your neighbor or the person at work or your family member and you, you know, struggle and you say, I, 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 what was that question Pastor Ed told me about? Do you have beliefs? Uh, I mean, spiritual beliefs? Uh, Jesus goes, right there, I'm with you. Don't worry. I'll work on the inside. You work on the outside. I'll be right there. Imagine what it would be like for you to lead your spouse to Christ, for you to be the one that leads your neighbor to Christ, for your kids to come to Christ. You may not be the one praying with them, but if you're the one praying for them and investing your life and inviting them, you're part of what God is doing because he uses many of us to, to lead people to Christ. Can you imagine that the balloon up here is because you had the courage to obey Jesus and reach people. I'm going to talk to you. I'll talk a little bit more about that. But I want to go to the second brown spot. The other brown spot was. Okay. I have it here. <laughs> oh it's on the screen. Yeah. You guys are messing with me back there. <laughs> no. I, it. Whatever, but look how quick they, I don't, I don't think they got it. So if, if there's a problem with the screen, it's usually me, not them, right? It's not, it's not because I, I make all the content and I get it to them, but sometimes a little too late. So what you're seeing is they work to get this on the screen because they're good back there. And, and I can make it, you know, I want to make sure it's not you thinking they're the ones messing up. It, it's, it, anytime there's a mess up on the screen to do with my sermons, it's usually me. So, the so this was the second brown spot. The children's ministry space, affectionately referred to as the, say it out loud. Now, does that give you a sense of a thriving children's ministry? Here, let me take you to the catacombs, where you can drop your children off and then come back up and enjoy some fellowship and good coffee and we think they'll be alive when you go back to get them. <laughs> the children's ministry may hold... Now, they say this in a gracious way, but when we were talking one them, they're like, Ed, this is holding you back. May hold back the fulfillment of your vision if you do not address the facility issues. Please hear us carefully. We believe you have done a wonderful job of creating a positive venue out of a potentially, potentially, out of a negative space. They're saying, you guys have really done the best that could be done. And we believe your staff and your volunteers have done a remarkable job. But you're handcuffing them. It's not them. It's their facility. But we have concerns about how this will affect your future. Now, this was written in 2018. We encourage you to engage a building consultant of some kind prior to investing heavily in the new sanctuary you're talking about as it is currently configured. 
We think you should really invest in your people and your families, not in the sanctuary. Not that a sanctuary is a bad thing. It's just if you want to reach people, then you're going to have to risk change and do something different with that unfinished area. Now, when the board received that, we decided we're going to get a team together, a building planning team. And they began to do research. And they, we didn't tell them this because when I heard, well, honestly, when I heard this, I thought, yeah, right, that's going to happen. And then I moved on. Children's Ministry Center instead of a sanctuary. <laughs> the building planning team gets a hold of this document. And they become really exercised about this. And they come back to the board and they said, look, before we go do the research to find out what it would mean, like what it would look like, what it would cost to bring to the church so that we can decide together if we're going to move forward. Before we do all that, you get, we got to either figure out are we doing a kids ministry or sanctuary because they're two very different things and we, we can't bring two ideas to them. You need to decide which way we're going. And so we began to uh, pray through that and talk through that and then our friend COVID arrived. And so all this got shut down. Our building planning team went to, uh, into stasis, and uh, they just, we just left it. Then two years later, the building planning team came up, and they came back to the board and said, guys, you still need to make that decision. So we began to pray about it, talk about it, and research it. And we came to the conclusion that for the ministry of this church, for reaching people, for caring for and investing in young families. Far better a multi-use children's ministry area than a sanctuary. And it's not like we just want to finish the area. I mean, we've lived 15 years with that unfinished. I could go another 15 and not, could care less that we finish it if we just want to finish it. That's not what's driving us. What's driving us is what they talked about. If you care about your young family and you want to invest in them, you need to bring them out of the dungeon and up into the life of your ministry. You may not realize it, but you are communicating to your young families they're not important. That caught me. And they're saying, you want to see Springvale reach people? then invest in a ministry center designed for kids and you will begin to reach families. Now, they weren't just pumping smoke because we began to, well, okay, fine, you think that, but is that true? And so our team began to do research. We went around to all kinds of different churches that are, that are heavily invested in their children's ministry area and we came across one, Creekside. If you ever get there, it's in Waterloo area. It's, it's phenomenal what they've done. And we went and we visited there. And there we met the, uh, the children's pastor. And she, this was her third church. So she wasn't like 20 years old. This was the third church where she had been brought in and then helped the church see that they need to invest in young families by creating a space that is well-equipped to draw 
children and teach children and invest in families. And she said, in every single church we have done that, we have seen that church grow by reaching young families. And I thought, well, that makes kind of sense. She said, in this one, now you got to go see Creekside. In this one, we have parents tell me, the kids pastor, parents tell me, that their kids drag them to church. So if you don't think this, you don't want to be drugged to church by your kids, then don't you know, support this. But the kids drag them because they love coming. They have so much fun. And then they have great programs. She talked about how, you know, uh, how this became a place in their community where young families would have drop-off. You know, what do you do with two-year-olds and three-year-olds and four-year-olds when it's minus 30 out? you got to find places. That, where do you go? Not a lot of places. And then they start to find families just dropping in because they would open up for drop-in. And then they had parties, birthday parties, and families would come in. And then they would do these big parties like a, a princess party or a superhero party for the kids during different times of the year. And the families started arriving. And they said, this place really cares about my kids. And then they start coming to church. They start trusting Jesus as their Savior. And they began to engage in the body. Because they took the risk. <laughs> in fact, the husband of the children's pastor, we were talking, he's the uh, executive pastor at the church. He said, our janitorial staff has to kick. Like after we do Sunday, they do like two or three services. After all the services are done and everybody's left, they have to go into the children's ministry area and kick the families out because the adults hang out with each other around and while their kids play. They found a place where they connect. And I thought, and I think to myself, now that's something worth investing in. Now, we're not there yet. We haven't made that decision to go there. We're, we're getting all the, our building planning teams getting the information. We're getting concepts drawn up. We're getting prices because we're going to bring this back for discussion and prayer. But we are going to have to invest. We're going to have to risk to win people. We're going to have to, to reach out as individuals and a church together. And we're going to have to take some steps that are out of the normal in order to reach people in our world. Now, that doesn't mean while we attend these brown spots, we're going to ignore the ministry that's going on. I mean, we just hired Dustin Borland. And he has already, with the help of our other staff, started Springvale Institute, which a number of you have said, this is amazing. The teaching here is incredible in our Bible studies and in our core classes. And there's more to come as they expand that institute. It's designed to disciple and train people up. We have pastors that we bring in as guest teachers, and they go, this is incredible. Like, how can we do this at our church? It's not like we've ignored that. We're, we're looking at uh, sports ministry. How can we make it better? Pastoral care. How can we make it better? Uh, we're looking, we, we provide life group for relational connection with people. We're even looking at men's ministry. How can we do something with that? All these things are being addressed and, and, and talked about and we're beginning. It takes time to work through those. But we still have to give attention to those two brown spots. Or they'll just grow and hurt the ministry. So, 
Rather than hearing double your impact by coming a church of 1,000 by 2025. Okay, I blew it on that one. And I want to do a mulligan. Maybe we should just say, let's reach people and then take a risk when God brings it our way. I love those words, Tom. It was God brought you here for this weekend, you and Kathy, to tell us what he did in the past and he wants to do in our present and in the future. So why am I telling you all this? Well, <laughs> I think you know why I'm telling you all this. Because you have to make a decision. Are you going to be part of this or not? That's the decision you have to make. Now, you don't have to make that decision now. But I made a card. I made a card uh, that was is, is like every second chair. So there's one for you somewhere uh, beside you. Or for you and your spouse if you're here as a married couple. And it's a simple, uh, it's just a simple card to identify ways that you can be part of the vision. I think we're going to have to ask and answer three questions continually over the next several years. We're going to ask, have to ask, how am I going to pray? Who am I going to reach? And what am I going to give? How am I going to pray? Who am I going to reach? And how am I going to give? And that's what this card addresses. So just take a look at that card. If God is working in your heart now, we're going to have an offering after this. If God, you go, yeah, I'm in, and I know what i got to do. Check it off. Put your contact information, and we'll get in touch with you to give you the information to take the next step that you need to take. Or you can use the uh, QR code, and you'll do it all digitally online, and uh, we'll get that information. So how will I pray? Well, you could sign up and pray uh, through our Springvale email. Many of you get that. Make it a point to pray through it. And if you're not on it, sign up. That's the step I'm going to take. I'm going to up it here by taking that step. Or you could sign up and pray each week for the needs of the harvest team. We have that door-to-door -door ministry. Prayer is the most important part to start us off. And when we're in those homes talking to people. And so we need a prayer team for that. So maybe you go, I'll sign up. I'll, I'll pray for that through the week. Maybe you need to sign up to take the God's touch in your heart to sign up and go, you need to begin to faithfully attend a prayer meeting that's at this church. We have a men's prayer group on Tuesday morning, women's prayer group. We have a pre-service online on Sunday. Before the service, people are praying online for this service. We also have an in-person prayer meeting that happens just before this service. Maybe that's what God is touching your heart to be a part of. Or maybe attend the all-church prayer meeting. I'm going to make a commitment to be there. I'm going to pray, be part of the prayer team and the prayer movement of this church. If we don't pray, then how do we expect God to work in the lives of people we want to see a balloon up here for? So that I'm saying we got to step up our prayer. So how is God calling you to step it up? Well, who will I reach? So here's some opportunities, some places maybe you can step up. Pray to reach at least four people. Get your my four on. So say, say, God, yes, show me who, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a friend, maybe somebody I work with, maybe a neighborhood, maybe somebody I play hockey with, maybe somebody I golf with, I don't know. But list a whole bunch of names and say, God, who would you like me to begin to intercede for, invest in, and then invite? Who is it you want me to reach? Maybe you need to attend a Share Jesus seminar. So we do these every quarter. It's just a one hour after the service. You learn, how do I do this reach people thing? Come to the Share Jesus seminar. Click. Maybe you want to learn how to invite a my uh, four person uh, to the church run alpha. 
We run Alpha consistently. And you can invite somebody in. Or maybe you want to do it. I've done those online. It's incredible. Show the video. Say, hey, what would you think? That's, that's the training right there. Show the video. Hey, what did you think? Maybe you want to join the harvest team to go door to door. Or maybe you want to serve in one of those ministries that Andrea is doing or our youth ministry. By the way, um, pray right now as I'm talking for our youth. They're at Bedlam and they're probably in their big thing right now. In fact, let's stop. Let's pray for them. Jesus, our junior highs are up at Bedlam. You know that. And you've been drawing people to Christ. And now Christ is being presented to them. In this moment, we pray for you to help our junior high students, those that are from our church and those outside our church that are attended, to come to Christ, to choose to receive Christ, but also to choose to make decisions to strengthen their commitment they already have. Would you work and pour out your spirit on that whole meeting this morning, but in particular, our church and our kids, we pray. Amen. Maybe you're joining that team to help serve, or... Uh, Maybe uh, another team, another ministry. You may not be the person that's speaking, but you're the person. If, you, if you're not there, it's not going to happen. And then what will I give? Maybe you want the appropriate person to contact you to sign up for automatic withdrawal to Springvale because you want to be more faithful in your giving. Uh, Crystal and I do that. We never miss uh, our regular offering because it comes out automatically. It's a fantastic thing. Please have the appropriate person contact me regarding giving to opportunities. What are their giving opportunities? I, I want to give to something. What's going on in Springvale? Or please have, me, have the appropriate person contact me regarding giving to the future facility fund. We already have 300 and some odd thousand in that fund because people go, I believe God is leading us to take a risk and I want to start contributing. So we're going to have the offering. If God is working in your heart, just click off those things, throw it in. Or take this home with you and put it in a place where you'll pray over it and say, God, what's my part? That You'll see this card again. Until we make a step and a commitment, we're not going to see God do the work that we long to see him do. We will remain the same. But if we're willing to trust him, and reach people. Each one of us reach one person. Each one reach one. And then be willing to take the risk when the opportunity comes. We're going to be looking back 25 years and go, wow, God, look at what God did. Because we had the faith to trust Him. Where's your faith now? That's what this card's about. What's your faith leading you to do? Father, Thank you that you choose to use us. I'm really thankful for having Tom here and Tom and Kathy and then Bob and Rhonda last night and they shared about how there were times when they had to take steps of faith and people did it. Not just them, people. People that were part of the church and they stepped up. And because they stepped up, we enjoy the ministry today and we want to invest and pass that on to the next generation and those that will come after us. So help us to have the courage and the faith to trust you. Lead us, Lord, we pray. Lead us to the people you would have us to reach that are open. Give us the courage to begin to invite them into conversations or to Alpha or to church. 
maybe even to read the Bible. And then prepare us for whatever the next step, that risk, whatever it is that you want us to take, prepare us so that when it comes, we are prepared in our heart to step out in faith with you. And now we thank you, the giver and author of life. We look to you for strength and your leading. I thank you for each person sitting here or listening. God, they are unique, they're yours, you love them. May they sense and feel that love as you invite them to join you in the greatest journey a person could go on. In your name I pray. Thank you, Pastor Ed, and uh, thank you again for sharing, Pastor Tom, so good. Well, as Pastor Ed mentioned, we're going to receive this morning's offering. Um, if you're on the end of a row, just reach down beside you. There's a container there. You can pick that up and pass it along. And whether you give using that method or whether you uh, give online, uh, we are grateful um, and we are hopeful that you are giving cheerfully, as we're encouraged to do. Um, as uh, uh, Pastor Ed also mentioned, if you're ready to do so, you can just pop that card in the bucket as well. You know, folks, this is God's business. He has faithfully led us through 175 years, and he's going to lead us for many more as long as he tarries. And our, our role is just simply to obediently listen for his voice and follow him. So God bless you as you do that. Ashley, are we going to sing again? Okay, then over to you.